Did Dennis Gates mess up by letting Ronnie DeGray and Mohamed Diara go too early? Well, let's answer that question and more in this Mizzou mailbag edition of Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And by the way, thanks to everybody for watching on YouTube, but you know what? This really is an audio experience first and foremost. That's who I'm making this show for. So I'm going to suggest that you do listen to this on audio if you're able to. But hey, if you prefer YouTube, no big deal. I'll take all the listeners I can get. But you know what? I may have missed a piece of news from the past week or so. I assume most of you are probably up to date at this point, but just in case, you may not have noticed that Ronnie DeGray who, of course, entered the transfer portal, wound up in Wichita with the Wichita State Shockers. So a pretty good landing spot there for Ronnie. And quite honestly, I'm happy for the young man. I always had a soft spot for Ronnie DeGray. I really did. And and to that point, well, one of my longest listeners, an old friend of mine, in fact, MizzouMike03 on Twitter, he says, I trust Dennis, but I'm curious why we didn't stick with Diara and DeGray. Both have landed with solid programs in the portal. And again, I believe I brought up that Mohamed Diara wound up at North Carolina State in the in the ACC, actually. But just in case you missed that bit of news, well, now you're all caught up on that bit of information. But here's the thing. I, I just don't know that either guy was ultimately a great fit. And I actually like both guys. And I think maybe they weren't the best fit, or maybe there are better fits out there, I should say. But maybe for different reasons. Now, first of all, let's actually start with Mohamed Diara. Because obviously ending up at, at NC State, in the ACC, that probably did raise some Missouri fans' eyebrows going, now, how? hey, wait a second, if he's good enough to be there, why wouldn't Missouri want to keep him around? Especially considering that the Tigers are still looking for a de facto center, a big guy in the transfer portal at this very moment. Well, I think it's also important to look at this from Diara's perspective. Maybe Missouri wasn't the greatest fit for Mohamed Diara, and I don't even mean basketball-wise, the program, the university, anything like that. I'm talking about the geographic region of Missouri, located in the middle of North America. Remember, Mohamed Diara is French, He hasn't exactly been an American resident for a whole long period of time. And, well, just before this podcast, I actually looked up online. Indeed, Raleigh, North Carolina, where NC State is located, has a nonstop flight to Paris that takes about nine hours nonstop. Again, one way, no transfers, anything like that. And it's like $2,000 for a Comfort Plus ticket. Hey, Exit row, baby. That's no small thing when you're pushing six foot, ten, seven foot, that kind of thing. I mean, his name, image, and likeness money that perhaps he'll get, I don't know, as a, as a foreign player, as a non-United States player, 
that gets a little murky. I heard Demoy Hodge, for instance, couldn't accept NIL money last year for, for whatever antiquated federal law there is on that related to immigration, whatever it is. So that may be a thing there. But still, either way, you're talking a couple grand for a round-trip ticket, you know, a couple times, three times a year. That might be a huge thing for just his mental health and well-being just to be able to not be as homesick maybe as he may have gotten here in the Midwest. Again, I'm totally speculating there. But the point is, maybe he just decided to go somewhere that is significantly closer to home, especially when you factor in the actual airport and and plane dynamic here. But regardless, I think the thing with Diara is, I would have liked to have seen him develop more at Missouri, for sure. There's definitely a lot of talent there. But I think one thing that really hurt Mo is that around the rim, he just wasn't good enough. To me, that was his biggest negative. That surprised me a tiny bit, just how how easy it was to block his shot at the rim in the SEC. Just couldn't quite get above the rim enough, especially without a running start off an offensive rebound, off just a a basic sort of back to the basket or a handoff from the dunker spot, any of those type of situations, I just was disappointed with Diara's sort of lack of ability to finish around the rim, especially in traffic. But obviously he had a lot of good a lot of good parts as well, a lot of good parts of his game. You know, a skilled ball handler for his size, moved pretty well. The three-point shot looked like it was fundamentally there in terms of his mechanics and everything like that. The results weren't always there, but you know, I think there's more there from Mohamed Diara for sure, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe, again, this may have been more of a mutual decision than sort of a, oh, Missouri pushed Diara out. I just think maybe NC State, geographically especially, is just a better fit for him. And as for Ronnie DeGray, the, the God's honest truth about Ronnie is I think he's just in the wrong era of basketball. I truly think that if he played during the Norm Stewart era, Ronnie DeGray would would have been thought of and remembered as a great hustle player from Missouri, sort of a junkyard dog type to steal Damari Carroll's nickname. Not that he was ever going to be that good because... Ronnie's offensive game was never anything to write home about, and ultimately, I think that was kind of the problem. It's just tough to play without a tremendous amount of offensive skill, shooting, ball handling, whatever it might be. There just wasn't quite enough there of that for Ronnie to play in 2023 in the SEC, especially with the way Dennis Gates likes to play offensive basketball. But at a decent size, at 6'6", a guy who's a good rebounder, good defender, just a, a good all-around team player, knows where to be, knows what to do, a guy that I think would have been a fine role player on many teams, again, in previous eras, but I just think it's really hard in this day and age if you're not going to be a, a knockdown three-point shooter or a big guy who can play above the rim, kind of similar to what you saw with Mohamed Diara. It's just tough to get you on the court in those scenarios. And coming up, let's delve even deeper into the mailbag, talking about Missouri football this time. How about Missouri football recruiting momentum? Where are we? How do we get it back? All that good stuff. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar because, yes, the best tasting protein bar in the entire universe just continues to get 
even better in my humble opinion, covered in 100% real dark chocolate, but also relatively low in calories and in sugar. Yeah, it's a heck of a lot better than the stuff you're going to get at the gas station, that's for sure. And forget the gas station, go to Built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, get all types of different varieties. I like the coconut type. Basically, any type of coconut is my bag over at Build Bar, but regardless of what you're into, again, you can check them out here in town in Columbia or all over this great state and country at a Walmart, a Sam's Club, or find absolutely every variety you can possibly imagine at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And to you everydayers, well, on Monday, I'm going to talk about how Dennis Gates has changed up the Missouri team camp experience. And I'll also shed a little light on my personal experience at Missouri team camp back in the day. But you know what? Let's talk some football. DeBears20 on the Power Mizzou message board. Yes, this person did not message me directly, but what the heck? If you're going to put something out online, it's fair game as far as I'm concerned. But DeBears20 here says, sure, sure seems like the 2022 football season really killed all momentum recruiting-wise for this upcoming season. High school recruiting is frankly unimpressive, and the late transfer portal has been a rough go for drink. Well, I got to be honest, Dubers, it's hard to argue with your premise there. It really is, but I, I do have to say, what could anyone have possibly expected? Missouri, yes, they gave Eli Drinkwitz an extension this offseason, which obviously raised a lot of eyebrows among Missouri fans, but... Let's face it, it's obvious to even high school recruits at this point that this is a make-or-break season for Eli Drinkwitz. Contract extension or no contract extension. So, again, it's understandable that recruits would be a little bit hesitant to jump on board the Missouri bandwagon right now. This is what happens in college football when you don't have true and total job security. Again, these high school kids are smart enough to realize that that extension was just window dressing. Missouri can clearly move on after this season for a relatively low price. It wouldn't be nothing, but certainly I think Desiree Reed Francois has all but signaled that, yeah, it hasn't been as strong with, with Robin Pinchton, but I think everybody behind the scenes is well aware of how important of a Missouri season this is. Now, as to the statement, and the late transfer portal has been a rough go for drink, well, I don't know if I'd totally agree with that. Now, there are certainly some guys out on the market that are really important. Cameron Johnson, the Houston offensive lineman. There's also another offensive lineman out there who's been attached 
to the University of Oklahoma, who's a former Appalachian State player, I believe. I apologize for not having that name right in front of me. Regardless, one thing I've learned over the years as an observer of college football, also as a Kansas City Chiefs fan in recent years with with several offensive linemen from Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wants you and you're an offensive lineman, that's a pretty good indication that you can play some ball. So there's my hashtag analysis, hashtag really deep analysis for you right there. But as far as actually losing guys, I don't know that the late part of the transfer portal has been particularly left to Drinkwitz or Missouri. Now the Tigers did just lose Arden Walker, a defensive end who is certainly expected to be a part of the defensive end rotation this season. Not the deepest part of the team right now. That is a bit of a worry, although Walker did only have, what, about six and a half tackles, seven tackles, something like that last year. Just to give you an indication that he did play, but he obviously was not playing a lot over DJ Coleman or Isaiah McGuire, or even Trey John Jeffcoat last year, who left for Arkansas. So, obviously not ideal timing for Missouri and Drinkwitz to lose Arden Walker at this point. But really, other than Dominic Lovett, who left obviously very early after after the end of the regular season, that's been a while. You can't say that's the late part of the transfer portal. I actually think Missouri... Other than Lovett, post-Lovett, we've actually done a fairly good job of holding on to most of our important pieces. And you know what? Speaking of Dub Bears, as one of our, as our commenter there, his screen name was, well, Jody online asks, what's your biggest pet peeve in sports? Well, good question, Jody. And it's almost always when something starts to be overused in sort of the sports lexicon, all the commentators, all the analysts, they start to just use the same quote-unquote joke that's been used 700 million times. That tends to be the type of thing that will be a pet peeve of mine. For instance, here's something that's been used for maybe my entire life that we absolutely need to put into retirement right now. Whenever a team's having a bad defensive season, like say the 2021 Tigers were a sieve in defense in football, right? Well, how many times did you hear somebody say, well, they're not exactly the 85 Bears? Ugh. <laughs> Just every time somebody says that, it makes me groan at this point. Again, it's been my entire life of, well, they're not exactly the 85 Bears. Can we at least update that to the, I don't know, the 2001 Baltimore Ravens or something? What it, Was it 02? Was it 01 when Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl? I don't know. Let's at least update the script. But that particular joke is no longer funny. So can we please put that one out to pasture? Good question, though, Jody. And coming up, another basketball question. Am I more of a man defense guy or a zone defense guy? Well, this and plus some real major changes to how official visits are going to work in recruiting right after these quick words. So Sherman on Facebook actually asks, John, what's your defensive strategy and preference as the basketball aficionado that you are? First of all, thank you so much for that. But what do you like better, man-to-man or zone? 
Well, for me, it's always man, for sure, without question. Although, when I played basketball, I have to admit, sometimes when we played a 2-3 zone and I just had to park my my lanky butt in the middle of the paint, kind of thought, hey, this is kind of easy. This is taking less energy. But at the same time, it was also harder to play effective defense. There was no doubt about that. Because, well, first of all, there's the old thing as a big man, Who do I block off when I'm playing zone? If I'm guarding somebody, it's pretty simple to figure out whose body I need to put my big butt into. That's that's pretty simple. Frankly, it's just harder to rebound. I think we've seen that many, many times. There's just holes in the defensive rebounding game of any type of zone I've ever seen. I also just think, quite simply, that you can play zone defense within man defense. For instance, as a big guy, if there's a guy I'm playing, a center who really isn't much of a shooter, if he's the farther he gets away from the play on the weak side, if the ball's on one side on the right wing, if he's going in the left corner, well, I don't really have to play him very much, do I? I start sagging into the lane the farther away I can get from him if he's not much of an offensive threat. So for all intents and purposes, I'm now playing zone defense in my help side position. Whereas in zone, to me, it's much harder to then flip to man-to-man. In times, you're going to have to. You're going to have to essentially, okay, this guy in the corner's open. I need to go out here and guard him. Those are less clear, though. Those those sort of assignments, are all, you're always left much more in scramble mode in a zone. When the ball starts moving, it's just less obvious where your rotations need to go. And especially, again, from a big guy's perspective, I was never a guard at any level, so I think about it from through that lens. To me, just playing man, it's so much easier to know when to help, how to help, you know where your teammates are going to be because, again, That sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but I'm just telling you, once you get a zone into scramble mode, suddenly, once the zone is out of kilter, once the shape has sort of been, once you've you've changed the shape of the zone, well, now the thing doesn't work anymore. Whereas a man-to-man defense can be any shape, can play any type of coverage. To me, it's pretty obvious that, again, with all the advantages of man, the only advantage of playing zone is hey, we just we suck at defense and we want to be lazy. That's the advantage of zone. I'm just going to be brutally honest with all of you. And finally, the NCAA Council did recently release a new rule regarding official visits, and no longer will there be a cap on how many official visits you can take, at least the amount of schools that you can go to. Now, there still will be a cap, one official visit, per school that is unless there's a coaching change now then for instance Aiden Shaw was originally recruited by Conzo Martin he could have for instance under this new rule taken an official visit to Missouri when he was recruited by Martin well he gets fired Missouri hires Dennis Gates he would obviously then be allowed to take a second official visit now that Gates is the coach but Aiden Shaw, under this rule, could have also went to Kansas State and Kansas and Iowa State and Oklahoma and Arkansas and blah, 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 blah. So in other words, no more caps on that, which, what do I care? Fine and dandy. You're also allowed to bring, you know, a couple family members. They're allowed to cover a two-night stay for you, reasonable hotel accommodations, all that good stuff. So from a fan's perspective, 
doesn't matter to me at all. I imagine a lot of the coaches are going, really? More work for me? I have more competition, more stuff to worry about at this point. So, yeah, if you're a head coach, if you're Eli Drinkwitz, if you're Dennis Gates, just even more stuff being thrown on to your plate. And finally, as we close out the show here, I want to give a quick shout-out to Jay Jennings, a man who... A, for, a fellow Mizzou mafioso, let's put it that way. Jay spent the last 43 years, is now retiring at WRAL. Speaking of Raleigh, North Carolina, that was brought up earlier in the show. Well, that's the, that's the area Jay resided in and has continues to reside in for the past few decades after growing up in Farmington, Missouri, marrying his high school sweetheart, going to the University of Missouri Journalism School and well, Jay has had an unbelievable career, and he's an even nicer guy. I can tell you that from experience because, well, his son Jason was the best man at my wedding, my best friend for sure that I met while at Missouri. So Jay really, again, just an incredible career, very, very, very much well look, worth looking up his career. I mean, a guy who covered the incredible Jim Valvano championship run in 83 that they won it on the dunk the season of 1983 covered Michael Jordan in college at North Carolina he was the first guy to get high definition footage of the Sistine Chapel and really just the kind of stuff a true innovator in his field I mean the kind of stuff that he was doing in sports you know cutting it to music making really interesting packages I mean, really, Jay Jennings is the kind of guy, if you're considering going to the University of Missouri, going to journalism school and going, well, what can I learn there? Look at what Jay Jennings has accomplished. Look at the kind of work that he has done, the kind of varied, interesting career that he had, while, by the way, working at the same place, ironically, for 43 years. So Jay Jennings just wanted to say congratulations. I know I said it on social media, but just thought it'd be cool for my listeners to hear about a Missouri guy, a true son, a Mizzou mafioso, who certainly made good on his fine career. And again, just a great guy at that. So thanks for listening, as always, to Locked on Mizzou. And hey, once again, we'll be back here Monday with whatever happens, hopefully some good news on the football recruiting front, maybe some offensive linemen, and maybe Matthew Cleveland on the basketball front will give us a little bit of a clue as well. But regardless... I'll be here for you with all the Missouri news right here on Locked on Mizzou.